0: Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucchi and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 78 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I want to answer the question, is buy to let, dead. A controversial topic maybe, but it was a big discussion very recently in one of my clubhouse groups. Now, I want to stimulate your thinking around this so you can come up with your own conclusions as to whether buy to let is dead or not. So first of all, we need to think about what do we mean when we refer to buy to let? Well, it can be a very general term encompassing all of property investing. So is all property investing dead? Well, no, I don't think so. Now, this does come up occasionally, often when there's a change in legislation or taxation or something in the property market changes. I remember back in 2008 when we had the last property crash and there was a particular mortgage company called Mortgage Express who stopped lending in May 2008. Now, there was a huge number of property investors uh, that I was aware of who were using this strategy where they would find a motivated seller. They'd buy a property below market value. And let's say they buy at 80 percent of the market value. They would buy with cash using someone else's money bridging and they would have actually arranged a remortgage on the property before they actually bought it. Now, they couldn't pull down the money because that would be fraud, but the day they owned the property, they could pull down the remortgage, remortgage that property they maybe bought for 80000 that was worth 100000 and because they had an 85% loan-to-value mortgage, the mortgage would be based on the value, not the purchase price. The mortgage might be $85,000. That meant that the mortgage... The remortgage amount was more than the purchase price. So they'd buy with cash once they own it, pull down the remortgage, they'd be able to pay back the bridging, and very often they'd be paid cash in their pocket to acquire this asset that had 15% equity. It was an amazing strategy. Sounds Too good to be true, right? And I remember sharing this at many PM meetings and people saying, no, that's not possible. And some people allowed their beliefs to get in the way and didn't take advantage of this incredible way of buying lots of property that many people were doing in the mid 2000s. Now, I remember when this stopped, There were investors who had more properties than I had, but because they only ever had one strategy, this one strategy they were using, when you could no longer do that, they thought, oh, that's it. It's the end of property investing. So I've heard this many times over my 25 years of investing. And because these people only had one strategy, that's why they were in difficulty. So I think it's important as property investors that you diversify your investing. Within your portfolio, you should have different types of property, potentially in different areas. So if something happens, you don't have a problem. We saw this in 2020 with people who had all their properties as serviced accommodation. When the holiday industry suddenly stopped, those people many of them had real difficulties. Now, some of my students, they pivoted very quickly and took what were um, holiday accommodation. They turned it into key worker accommodation and uh, emergency um, units where people could have isolation units, and they were able to pivot and save their business. But people who didn't respond to changes in the market, suddenly they were stuck. So as well as diversifying in your property portfolio, I think you should generally diversify in your investments. I invest in businesses, I invest in stock market, a little bit in precious metals, and also a little bit in cryptocurrency. Now, some of these things are very speculative, like cryptocurrency and not as stable as property investing. What many of my students are doing is they're actually investing in cryptocurrencies to make huge profits, they're taking the profit off the table and using that as deposit money to put into property, which is far more stable. Anyway, let's get back to, is buy to let dead? Now, I think it really depends on what strategy you are doing. And the definition here is really important. So when you think about mortgages, you might talk about a residential mortgage, which is the mortgage on your own home, and people then refer to a buy-to-let mortgage, where it's not your home, you're not living there, you're renting it out to someone. But there's further definition required here, because for me, a buy-to-let property is usually a single-let property. What that means is, where well, you have have a contract in place and it's an AST contract with a tenant. That tenant could be a young couple, it could be an individual, it could be a family, but it's one contract that is issued for that accommodation. And this is what the vast majority of property investors in the UK do. They just do single let properties. I think it's something like 2 percent of investors, that's all they do. Now, within Single lets. there's also a further differentiation because I think there's a difference between renting out apartments and also renting out houses. Generally, apartments are leasehold, which is where you pay a service charge to the freeholder. And generally, houses are freehold where there are no service charges. So if someone has an apartment, you have to take into account that there are more costs with that than there might be with a home a house. Um, Also, you have to think about, well, what's happened to the demand for accommodation as a result of COVID-19? And we've seen a lot of people who were living in apartments had very strict rules. And I've got friends who live in apartments in Birmingham city center, and the whole apartment was treated like a big bubble, the whole block, but they weren't allowed any people to come and visit them in their apartment. So they're kind of very isolated. So for many reasons, a lot of people living in apartments have decided, actually, they don't really want to do that anymore. And there's been a real boom in demand for houses with outdoor space. there are some people who are saying that city centre living is now going to be dead. Um, Their city centres are obviously not as vibrant as they once were. People don't have to be in city centres for work right now. Um, and I think, this will damage city centre living. However, there'll be a lot of people who still want to live in city centres. And I think it depends very much on your age and your lifestyle. You know, People who are younger, they like to live where they've got access to restaurants and bars and clubs and those kind of things and gyms um, and easy to get to work. Whereas I think when people get a little bit older, maybe they have a partner, they might want to move into their own house together, maybe they're gonna get married and have kids, so they want a bit of a garden for that. And that could be a a smaller terraced house or a semi-detached house. And as people get older and earn more money, they might want to move into detached properties and eventually moving to bungalows or care homes, etc. So the type of accommodation people want to live in does vary depending on their age and their lifestyle requirements. I think these things the supply and demand tend to balance out in the future. But remember, there are also other types of accommodation. It's not just all single lets. There are houses of multiple occupation, known as HMOs, which are one of my favourite strategies because it's one of the quickest ways to replace your income. There's also serviced accommodation where you're renting out accommodation on a short-term basis at a higher rate to holidaymakers and contractors and those kind of clients. Now, Both HMOs and service accommodation are definitely more advanced strategies and I think that often puts many investors off doing them because they don't really understand them. They think they're very complex. The reality is once you understand these strategies, they're not easy, but they are quite straightforward. So. Putting all this into context, why would property investing be dead? Well, over the last few years, there have been increasing number of changes that make people wonder about this. So first of all, there's increasing legislation coming in from the government about what we have to do as landlords. There's also Section 24, which is the main consideration. And that came in in April 2017. And it was a fundamental change to the way that we as property investors are taxed. Now, prior to April 2017, the vast majority of landlords would buy property in their own name. Some people buy in a company, but most people would buy in their own name for two fundamental reasons. First of all, taxation. It was more tax efficient to do that. And secondly, it was easier to get mortgages in your own name than it was to get in a company structure. Company mortgages were always more expensive. Now, the problem with Section 24 for many investors is that if you own property in your own name, which, as I said, most investors do, and if you have mortgages, which most investors do, and if you're a higher rate taxpayer, which many investors are, suddenly it means you're paying a lot more tax on the income you make from your property investing. And so some people are wondering, well, is it worth being an investor anymore if I'm paying all this extra tax? And certainly we have seen at our property investor network meetings over the last few years, more and more landlords come to those meetings thinking about disposing of some of their properties. They've had really good capital growth over the last 10 years. I think maybe I should step out of property investing. So we've certainly seen that. For me, there's also another underlying concern which might affect people when it comes to their property investing. Now, and that is the potential for interest rates to rise over the next few years. Personally, I think we're not going to see rises for the next couple of years because we need to allow the economy to recover, first of all, before interest rates go up. However, there's no doubt in my mind, thinking about macroeconomics here, the government has put so much money into the economy um, to support businesses and people on furlough, etc. through the COVID-19 pandemic. They've spent, at last, accounts, the official figure was 280 billion pounds has been spent. Now, obviously, taxes are gonna have to go up to pay for that, But for me, the more important thing is all that money being pumped into the economy means that we are going to see inflation. So prices are going to rise. Now, the Bank of England uses interest rates as a macroeconomic tool to control inflation. When prices go up, when inflation goes up, they increase interest rates. That makes borrowing more expensive, which means businesses can't expand, and it tends to slow the economy down. So as we see inflation in future years, which I'm sure is going to happen then we're gonna see interest rates rise. So imagine this for a moment. Imagine an investor who's got just a couple of properties in their own name and they're a higher rate taxpayer. They're already paying more tax on the profit that they make from their property investing. And then they've got service charges. If they've got leasehold apartments, they've got service charges they're paying as well. And so they're making less and less money on their property. And if the interest rates potentially go up, they're gonna might get to the point where on paper they're making a profit and so they have to pay money to the tax man. But in reality, they're not getting any cash flow from that property. And so for those people, I would say that yes, maybe property investing is dead. And so if people just have single-let properties and particularly apartments, I think that's going to be a really challenge for, challenge for them. Having said that, I have many clients for whom single-let properties work really, really well. Um, there's a real shortage of this kind of accommodation, particularly for houses in many areas. The demand has really boomed for that. So I think that you need to take these things in balance. If you actually buy property in a company, which is the best way moving forward, actually you're not affected by Section 20. There are some incredibly low interest rates available right now, which make it very attractive. If you're buying the right kind of property with high cash flow, such as HMOs or serviced accommodation, actually, I think there's still huge potential in property investing. So do I believe is property investing dead? I think if you know what you're doing and you pick the right kind of strategies, absolutely not. However, for some people doing it in the traditional way who are not adapting, yes, maybe property investing is not as attractive as it once was. But that's good because it means those people might be selling their properties that we can snap up and put into our property portfolios. So I hope this has stimulated your thinking and helped you conclude whether buy to let is dead or not. So finally, if you gain value from this episode of the Property Magic podcast, I've got one recommendation and one request for you. The recommendation is make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You can click the button and subscribe. What it means is you'll get notified every single Tuesday morning when a new episode becomes available. My request is if you've enjoyed this podcast and the other episodes, please give me a five star rating and please put a, a testimonial review to say what particular you liked about this podcast, because that will help other people to see the podcast, to find it. And they can also benefit from learning every single Tuesday morning. I would really appreciate that. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk.